0: I'm Aaron. This is Paul. And this is Wayne. Well, hey, guys. You know, I got to say, it is rare. It is rare that I have bought so many comics in a given week. You know, so many new books, and I've read so few. <laughs>
1: yeah. Same.
0: I had a very, very expensive week in comics. Yeah. Um,
1: You know, I, I picked up Vanish and Fright Night and Punchline and Strange and all sorts of stuff that we don't even normally talk about on the podcast. But yeah. I didn't read any of
0: them. Yeah, yeah I don't know what, yeah. I don't know what happened this week, but I uh I I read very few comics. Uh despite the fact that I think I had over 10 new comics that I bought this week. Yeah. Well, yeah. see, it was I, I know what happened for me.
2: It was uh taking care of a sick wife, being sick myself before that, and then uh, I record other podcasts. Lame. So I had uh, two podcasts last night. I was. Recording. Can we
0: j- just start referring to Wayne as Whore Wayne? <laughs> I'm just gonna edit all that out. I thought you already. I thought you already did
1: refer to me as Whore Wayne. Yeah, but uh, now that, he meets it with vitriol. That's just of, my
0: bedroom nickname for you, Wayne.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I um, you know, for me, Jen was out of town this week, and I. I had intended on reading a bunch of comics. I'm glad I didn't, since no one else did. But I I took my free time and I watched horror movies. And I for and I didn't. I'm I'm going off script here. Um, I watched Clerks three. Oh, on what'd you think? I Uh I will say, 20 (laughs) minutes in, I'm like, woof, this is rough. These guys (laughs) have not become better actors over. (laughs) 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 Um, But it ends. It ends well. And I, for me, the humor was 50-50 because, you know, when you hear 50-year-old Jason Mewes say snoochie boochies, it's like, OK, <laughs> 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 Come on. you're trying too hard. But, you know, I, I will say, like the last half of the film, there's there's a bit of a turn and it becomes a lot more heartwarming. And it ended very well. It got, it, it, I was a little verklempt at the end of it. It, it you know, it, It's very, uh, very, um, very bittersweet ending. So if for, I'd say it is worth watching if you've watched the first two, it is better than the second, which isn't saying much. <laughs> um, but it, you know, it, I, I'm glad I watched it.
2: So and I haven't cool bought stream. it. I haven't bought it to watch yet because I was going to buy it, watch it on stream. But I'd heard a few things about it that made me think that uh, it wasn't going to be as funny as it was, like depressing in certain points.
0: You know, well, it's because of uh, it. Kevin Smith's heart attack. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And that yeah. very much plays into it. And yeah. I will say, you know, I had read the spoilers of the movie. Not not that it's like Star Wars, like spoilers aren't a big thing. Uh, but I had read the spoilers of the movie before. And I, we're not going to spoil it here because I know some of you may not be aware. Um, and I felt like I was not going to like it because of what I read. And I will tell
2: you, those are the aspects of the film that I actually appreciated more than the humor. Okay, mm-hmm. that's good to hear because that... It was reading the spoilers and uh, what happened with certain characters from the past and, yeah. you know, that happened in the movie that made me not watch it yet. Yeah. Like I said, when it comes, oddly enough, or maybe
1: not oddly enough, I mean, dick and fart jokes only get you so far when you're in your 50s, your <laughs> um, 40s and 50s. But, you know, the, the, when, when Kevin Smith pulls back and, Pulls back on the humor and goes for a little, you know, tugs at the heartstrings. Those were actually the best parts of the film. So, you know, it. it I think it was like fourteen ninety nine, um, because it's it's not one that you can rent digitally. You have to buy it digitally. Um, but I, you know, I picked
2: it up, and so yeah. I, I'm, I'm I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, Clerks is one of my favorite movies,
0: even though the acting is terrible. Oh, the first the first movie is fantastic. I yeah, mean, it, yeah. it is, it it is so well written. And changing. Yeah, it really is. It really is. I mean, it is so fresh Uh, even today. I mean, you you go back and you watch that and the edginess of it continues to be edgy. You know, Mm -hmm. it it really sets that tone Uh, that that humor is so well placed and so well aimed at folks like us. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Going he he has just made a career of going back to that. Well. And uh, I gotta tell you, you know, I've heard him talk about Clerks Three for so long. There's a part of me feels like hasn't that movie been out for three years? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I mean he's he has talked about writing it, oh and yeah, filming it. I mean he gets more mileage out of just talking about shit he's gonna do <laughs> than he's like Quentin
2: Tarantino that way.
0: Yeah, he really is. He really yeah is. like
2: like the Mallrats sequel.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I I I, I have really no desire to see Clerks three. I'm sure that I'll see it at some point. But uh, I got to tell you, Paul Wayne, I bought it. I bought the movie. I bought the movie I have been wanting to see for a year now, uh, and I hadn't didn't get to see it in the theaters. Uh, everything everywhere all at once.
2: Oh yeah, I, was, uh, I really want to see that, and I haven't.
0: I it is yeah. what I'm watching tonight. I was gonna watch it last but, night, but you know, Paul reminded me that Tales of the Jedi came out, so you know, I had had to watch that for the show. The things I do for this show. Just saying. so
1: I'm very curious. You know, it, it, Tales of the Jedi. So I when I was at Star Wars Celebration earlier this year, um, they announced Tales of the Jedi, and it was it was interesting because they they announced this panel called Tales of the Jedi. They said Dave Filoni would be there. They said it was an animated project, but there was really no, like, like what the hell is it? Mm-hmm. So I was able to attend that panel, which was pretty cool. You know, I got to attend it in the room with Filoni, and, you know, they were interviewing him and all that. And um, they showed the first episode, and they announced that, you know, this is, it's basically a series of shorts, like 10 to 15 minutes, including credits. Um, you know, there would be six of them. So they said there would be three focused on Count Dooku. Three focused on Ahsoka Tano, um, and you know one of the big things they announced at the panel was that Liam Neeson would be voicing older Qui Gon Jinn, and his son would be voicing younger Qui Gon Jinn as we kind of explored Dooku's interaction, you know, over the years with him and and that kind of thing. And so, you know, I watched the first episode there, with, which is basically the birth of Ahsoka, mm-hmm. and you know, I was like, oh, this is this is good. But ultimately, I think for me. Um, I was very much interested in
0: exploring more about Count Dooku. Same, same. And I then, thought uh, the the Dooku episodes were were far and away the standout episodes. They were I just agree. so surprising.
2: So um, I was surprised that they were like interspersed. I thought it was going to be three Dooku, and then three Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. But they were kind of mixed and matched. You know why, uh,
1: Wayne? Someone told me this, and I did not realize it. They're until in they chronological order. They're in chronological order. And I did not even realize that until they told me after I had seen all six.
2: Yeah, no, I think for me, I loved one story of each, you know, one of the Dooku's and one of the Ahsoka's. And I don't know, I just I was not blown away by the series. I wanted it to be something that it just wasn't. I wanted to see that interaction between Dooku and uh, Qui-Gon and get a lot more of that. And I wanted them to do more character interactions and building his journey to the dark side. But it just, I didn't get that out of it. I want, wanted a lot more than what they presented. And I think for me, the only Dooku one I really liked was the last one with him and Lady Yoda. Yeah. yeah. Yes. She, Yoda. Where, yeah, where they have the conversation first and you get how torn up he is about. Qui Gon's death, and then he has that conversation with the Emperor, and you really see, you know, how he's going down that path more in that one than you do. The others were just, why did nobody see the psychopath has no business as a Jedi? Mm -hmm. You know, I I, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead.
1: I was gonna say, um, I don't disagree with you. Now I will say I didn't dislike any of it. I felt like the Ahsoka ones. I, you know, Ahsoka is. Filoni's baby and you know he's, She's got the TV series coming out with Rosario Dawson so I get why They focused on Ahsoka for some of it uh, For me While I didn't dislike any of the Ahsoka stuff I felt like it didn't really Add anything for me um, Like I enjoyed them enough But the Dooku stuff I liked all three Episodes of the Dooku and, but I mean I think To your point the, the episode with Yaddle Which is the fourth episode where You know we we, we see a young Dooku Training a young Qui-Gon and then you kind of see that's the start of his disillusionment with the Senate, and it kind of progresses more in the second episode. And in the third episode, Qui-Gon, you know, this is after Qui-Gon has died. This is kind of between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Um, and, you know, he, he he has gone down the path to being um, seduced by the Emperor. And that one, I mean, the fourth episode just sings for me. I thought the fourth episode was was fantastic. Um You know, I think a lot of people were like, what happened to Yaddle? You know, because she was in Phantom Menace, but not in the
2: others. And now we know what happened. Yeah, Yeah, getting that answer. And it showed him regretting some of what he had done.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and I got to say the Yaddle. So, I mean, we're spoiling things. You know, Yaddle. Watch it. It's 15 minutes long. (laughs) um, um, Dooku kills Yaddle in the episode. But I got to tell you, when he they're, they're, you know, they're fighting and he crushes her with the door. I'm like, woof. Yeah, that was dark. But then she comes out and she's like. Yeah, because she stopped the door with her force powers, and then he kills her. I'm like, that's even darker.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and you guys were talking about how uh, you like all the Dooku stuff better. One of the episodes I loved was a Ahsoka one, and it was that last one to see what brought her into the rebellion.
1: Yeah, I For me, it's not
2: like I was seeing... bad. It just felt like the same story
1: of everybody who's brought into a rebellion for right. me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it didn't feel like anything fresh or new.
2: I love seeing the firsthand brutality, though. Yeah. And uh, actually seeing the fight
0: and seeing her taking on one of the Inquisitors. I think what I enjoyed, the the episode that I really enjoyed was the first episode with Dooku where he, you know, force chokes the senator. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, where we see that first inkling of him coming over to the dark side. And, you know, while at the same time, and this is what good storytelling does, it makes you see his point of view. Right. He's not just, you know, a mustache twirling villain. You understand why he makes that change, why he makes that choice. And that's what I really dug about that. And I enjoyed how Qui-Gon steps up to save his master from the dark side in that moment. Mm -hmm. He just he just can't keep him from the dark side forever. Uh, I I very much enjoyed that episode. And it's kind of the same thing I'm enjoying about Andor. Uh, I, I don't think either one of you guys are watching it right now. Right.
2: Not yet. I've, yeah. I've
0: been meaning to, but I just no. haven't
2: yet. And and I so will, with, I will with, give it another try. But I well, watched an episode or two of Andor, and I
0: just didn't care for it. Without spoilers, you know, it really shows you that there are people with good intent working within the Empire. You know that it's not just all bad guys, um, and that there are people with really dark pasts involved in the rebellion. You know, and and. It, it, it grays the water, right? You know, there, it's not just black and white. There, it's just things are, are are muddy and gray in terms of people's motivation. And yeah, the overall might be dark or the overall might be good, but uh, you know, the 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 way you get there is is really sort of a mess. And I, I'm really enjoying that about the Andor show. But I yeah. thought tales of, I, th- I thought Tales of the Jedi was worthwhile. I do think I would have pre- preferred an animated Dooku prequel, you know, a feature-length prequel. Yeah. I would have yeah. liked to have seen that. Just like I think I would have liked to have seen an animated Ahsoka, Ahsoka pre, uh, prequel, you know, feature. Yeah,
2: I wanted to I wanted to see Dooku's story get the full six episodes so it's a more gradual right. turn. Yeah. And I really want a Qui-Gon's Tales. Yeah. And maybe that's what this was, you know. I mean, I think
1: this was just a fun pet project um for for dave filoni but perhaps what what'll come out of it especially if it does well or gets good reviews is maybe we'll get a little bit more fleshing out um because i i i definitely just like you guys i definitely want to see more of the dooku story because that's a character that you know christopher lee played him in the prequel trilogy but i mean i didn't care about dooku like he was just
0: mustache twirling yeah. villain I, I, um, I, I cared about it because it was Christopher Lee. I yeah. didn't care about it because Dooku was such a great character. And so I, I like to get this additional meat on that bone uh, because we didn't get it in the prequel. Yeah. Oh. So um,
1: worth watching. It's only an hour of your time. So or two hours of your time, max. Right.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Star weird. Wars adjacent. The mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special trailer trailer oh, yeah, came out this week. Right. And I got to tell you, I. I. I beamed with joy uh, with the revelation that it's a heist. It's going to be a heist story in which we're heisting the legendary Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I, yes. I, my God, I mean, my, my, my wife, who is not a genre person, as I've, I've shared many times, just died laughing. She thought that was hysterical. And that is the beauty of uh, James Gunn and the Guardians of the Galaxy, because holy cow, that just looked wonderful.
2: The trailer was so good. And uh-huh. we get to see those little things that really call out the characters. Uh-huh. Like, uh, Drax repeating exactly what Mantis had <laughs> just said.
0: It's it's like Drax repeating exactly what, uh, she just said. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to that. I think that'll be a fun watch. Yeah. looks good. And, uh, other news this week, James Gunn, uh, is uh, moving over to be the essential showrunner of the DC films universe along with, um, thank you. Yes. Yeah. I, I, you know, DC finally did something smart. DC Warner, whoever's making that decision discovery, I guess, uh, finally did something smart with their film franchise. And I'm, I'm scrolling back because, you know, we, we had this conversation earlier this week. Um,
1: and, and I'm going to quote Wayne. Yep. Um, cause we, you know, Henry Cavill posted his, his Superman photo, you know, saying good things are coming, blah, 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 blah. I feel honored that you made this happen and blah, 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 blah. Wayne, the look is good and I like him, but I hold no hope yet. I need to see that DC can make a worthwhile movie without James Gunn. And <laughs> now you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> because for the next four years, James Gunn is exclusive to DC, um, and, and will be, to your point, the Kevin Feige showrunner uh, of the DC both, or I shouldn't say both, but TV, animation, and movies. I think they're trying to do like a, a Marvel, you know, like the mm-hmm. team, like all, how, how they're all kind of tied together. Yep. And uh, they did say that the Joker 2 will proceed, you know, at, yeah. outside of the universe. Batman is still expected to proceed with this Matt Reeves universe set up on its own thing. But apparently Batman two isn't even scheduled until twenty twenty five, so
2: Yeah, I'm really hopeful smart. now with I feel like they, they pulled the a plug on that universe. Yeah, I'm really hopeful now with James Gunn in this role. I don't think he's the right person to direct all the movies, but I think he could be very much the right person sitting in that Feige
0: role. Right. I agree. No same. I am this is the first positive thing I've seen in, in just a very long time. I I'm really excited. And I, I, I'm i loving how uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is taking credit for, uh, you know, having rebooted D.C. <laughs> yeah. You know, his his, uh, his post on Instagram yesterday, you know, was all about how he made Henry Cavill happen again. Yeah. Uh, so and that may be true. I don't know. But uh, it just amuses me. <laughs> I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about what could come out of it. I think if they're smart, they start making things happen quickly. Yeah. I mean, you got to get the scripts, make sure yeah. you've got some stories worth telling. But they, if, if they're not immediately moving to a Superman movie, they're idiots.
1: Yeah. Agreed. They
0: should have a Superman movie in theaters within the next 18 months.
1: Yep. And um, I, I will say I'm a little surprised because they announced, you know, as part of this announcement, I think there's a lot of questions as to what's happening with all the J.J. Abrams stuff because remember jj abrams was supposed to produce a superman movie featuring an african american superman mm-hmm. written by tom Nehisi coates um i'm assuming all that's been scrapped at this point right but it's kind of surprising to me that they had jj J. abrams and they didn't do use something with him do yeah. something with him yeah um like why couldn't jj J. abrams be the showrunner of all this maybe he didn't want it i don't yeah. know but james gunn is the right choice yep uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to do with it i i, I wouldn't while I don't love everything James Gunn does I wouldn't be opposed if they announced him as a director of the upcoming Superman movie he wouldn't be my first choice but I think he would do a good job with it hey yeah I, I
0: think that it would certainly be a tone shift right yeah. uh, I would I, I think they've really got to move the Superman story forward yeah uh, you know we we should see I mean I would not be opposed to let's move into Lois gets pregnant. You know, let's let's tell that story of you know bringing a super son in. Um, I, I I think that we need a we need to fully illustrate the Superman you know uh, uh, storyline beyond you know where we've kind of lived for so long. You you got to move that forward,
1: especially if you're doing it with Cavill because yep. you've you've probably got Cavill for seven years. Yes, I mean yeah. he's already. Yeah. I mean Man of Steel was at this point, seven, eight years ago. Right. So, you know, you, you don't have that much more time with Cavill. Well, and I you think I would,
0: cooking. I would absolutely, you know, if you're going to have him for three films, right. I would frame that up so that the last film is graying at the temple Superman. Right. Let's see that on film for real. Right. Um, but, you know, tell, tell that arc, You know, whatever that arc is, but let's move the character forward. Let's let's set the table so that at some point you can tell a Jonathan Kent Superman story. Yeah. You know, not on the CW, but on screen. Naturally, organically.
1: You know, and i one of the things that Marvel's facing, right, is, you know, they're trying to organically introduce these new characters to take over the reins of Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. But I think, you know, D.C. has always been about legacy. So I think they
0: can figure out a way to make that happen. Agreed. Agreed. And, you know, I would I would still very much love to see an Earth 23 Superman story. Oh, yeah. Stay right. Here. Um, yep. I, I think there's a, I mean, I and, you know, I would love for it to be Michael B. Jordan. I mean, I just think that would be awesome. Yeah, it, it well, won't be. But I would I would yeah, love by that.
1: the time they get to it. But. Right.
2: And if they start setting up legacy things, they really need to introduce Wally West in the uh-huh. uh, Flash movie, do a, uh, a reshoot just to do it. Because yep. there's no guarantee they're getting uh, Ezra Miller as a I'm not, jail-free actor.
0: I'm not sure we're going to get that Flash movie. I I, I got to tell you, you know, with, with some of the stuff that Discovery has uh, trashed that's been in the, in, the, in the cans already, I mean, they may just decide, yeah, maybe this isn't worth it, you know? Yeah. I know they've yeah, spent a something. ton of money on that, but good night. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, you know – um, I know we're talking about DC, but one one final bit of news that we we didn't really talk about this week, and I know you probably don't care, Aaron.
0: I don't. Um, I could care less. <laughs> I don't even know what you're going to say, but I can tell you my my, my care levels are not even measurable.
1: <laughs> well, you know, they announced this week that Disney Plus would be the new streaming home of Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. could care. Less. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was like, OK, that's that's pretty cool. You know, they're going to put the new Doctor Who. That'll make it easier for people to let it onto the BBC, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like I was like, that's cool. But, you know, as the week unfolded, more and more information came out. And this is not just like BBC's producing Doctor Who and Disney Plus is going to show it. Disney Plus is actually, you know, the guy or Disney, I should say, will be guiding um, the new Doctor Who series. Oh, really? And, you know, including throwing that Disney money at it. Um, wow. And so they, they very much, you know, the, when this first when this new iteration of Doctor Who was first announced, they said it would be, you know, they, they were going to try to Americanize it a bit, you know, introduce <laughs> bigger budgets and and a greater universe, more action, more special effects. And um, now we know what that looks like. Disney's Disney's throwing money at it.
2: OK, that kind of scares me because I remember the last time they tried to Americanize Doctor Who
0: was the tv movie yeah which which tv movie Uh, i I, I guess i've not seen it
2: yeah no this was back in the 90s oh yeah no i have not seen i
1: mean for what it's worth the matt smith doctor who was this basically sounds like when they first introduced matt smith doctor who because they they very much once you know kind of americanized it then i mean I'm, i'm 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 curious i'm not familiar with the actor that they have brought in to play doctor who but um is it matt damon <laughs> right, it should be. Um, but, yeah, you know, he's I, supposed I'm to be really and be interesting. He's and, supposed and to be really movie.
2: good. Russell T. Davis is coming back, and there is a fourteenth Doctor before we get the new Doctor. Yeah. Mm. So it's
1: uh it's it's I I think um I have not watched Doctor Who in quite a few years. Not you know, I, I stopped before Jody Whitaker took over, I stopped like halfway through the uh Peter Capaldi. And I liked Peter Capaldi. It just kind of dragged on a bit for me.
2: Yeah, I made it through Capaldi, but the writing on uh, Jody's was horrid. I made it through a season of it, and I just could not keep going. But Disney Plus picking it up will, will definitely bring me back in, and I
0: think I think that's what they're counting on.
1: <laughs> so uh, I'll so give it a shot.
0: Do you, do you think that means – I mean, if, if Disney is getting a production credit on it, so that means – I wonder if that means that they own a piece of Doctor Who entire or if they just have the licensing rights for it at the moment. Good question. I do not think I mean, are we going to see Doctor Who at the amusement parks? No I mean, that, that's got to be a piece, right? That's got to be part yeah. of it. Disney didn't enter, doesn't uh, negotiate for just pieces of things. Yeah, exactly. They don't go halfway. Right. So, ah. I mean, I just – I feel like there's, a, there's going to be a uh, TARDIS at your uh, friendly neighborhood uh, Disney amusement park. Yeah. What's
2: extra exciting about it for me is uh, I kept cable way longer than I actually wanted to just for Doctor Who. Right, right now? You don't and want to. Yeah, I've already dropped cable when I dropped Doctor Who. But now I get it on a streaming service I already have. That's super exciting.
1: And is it I the say, if it's the catalog stuff, too? I would yeah, say the, I don't know. But if yeah. it is, that's great.
0: Yeah, it'll be nice to be able to watch some of the catalog stuff without commercials, because, you know, like the Christopher oh, yeah. Eccleston stuff and the David Tennant stuff I saw with commercials. Um, that would be fun to go back to to watch. But wow, yeah. wow that's a, that, that's crazy. It's crazy. You know, you had mentioned uh, Matt Smith and uh, Matt Smith Adjacent, the uh, House of the Dragon season finale uh, aired this week. And I know neither one of y'all are watching that. No, um, I don't even know what it is. It's the Game of Thrones spinoff.
1: I, you know, I said nope wow. as if I had something against it. I don't. I just. Have too much TV.
0: It's yeah, I, I get that. I get that. But it's really good, uh, though. I will say uh, there was a moment in the season finale where one of the characters who is very pregnant miscarries and the baby just flops on out of her. Oh. I thought I literally almost threw up all over the television screen. I mean, it was the gnarliest thing I have ever seen. I mean, it was the, it was the sound effect. It was the visual. It was, you know, I, I am, I was reminded of that scene in bachelor party where they're meeting the male stripper and he's Nick, the dick. And you know, there was like, well, I'm sorry. What was your name again? The dick. And you just hear that <laughs> where his penis hits the floor. <laughs> it was like that when the baby hit the floor, I, oh. I <laughs> <laughs> it was so gnarly but don't let that keep you away from the show the show is really fantastic it, I, i'm the i have two complaints two complaints about the show and that's it it is many of the scenes are far too dark which was my same complaint i had on the last season of uh Uh, Game of Thrones, meaning visually dark, like what the hell's going on in this scene? Mm -hmm. And the other complaint is that there is a lot of speaking in the made up late language of Valerian. And so they subtitle across the screen and the subtitles are like microtype. And I'm like, God damn it. (laughs) You know, why can't you do those at a standard, you know, uh, font size? Why do they have to be so damn small? I find that. very, And like key story components are occurring in the subtitles. So it's not like you can go, oh, I can just get most of what they're saying by body language. No, no, you actually need to read this to understand what the hell is going on. So
1: maybe you just need to learn the damn language.
0: Uh, maybe, maybe, and maybe. Yeah, okay, I've mastered Klingon. Now I've got to, you know, master Valerian, the, the the old Valerian, so that uh, not only can I understand House of the Dragon, I can actually become a dragon keeper myself.
1: Mastered Klingon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, so I guess uh, I guess we've stalled long enough. You know, uh, you know, trying to hide how few comics we have to talk about this week. In fact, you can't even say it's a few comics. It is one comic we have to talk about this week. And of the three of us, only two of us have read it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, if, if you were looking for an example of people who aren't just doing their fucking jobs that would be the three of us
1: <laughs> comic book podcasters
0: here we are in annual assessment time. Not a one of us is doing our jobs appropriately. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. You know where Andrew <laughs> is? Andrew is not here. I bet he's reading Andrew comics. He does not even show up for work. <laughs> but I bet he's reading comics. <laughs> probably. He's probably read all the comics. Uh, all of them. All
1: well, of As them. long as they're Marvel. He hasn't read this comic. That's right. Well, yeah, he wouldn't be able to read this one, would he? Yep. He refuses to download comiXology.
0: What a bastard. Stupid Andrew. He's the worst. (laughs) Poor Andrew. That's what we're calling him now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Wayne, Action Comics number 1048 came out this week. What'd you think? Yeah, it's a book I don't normally
2: buy, uh, but I'm getting all of these Kal-El returns Mm -hmm. with the triangle numbering. Isn't that great? Isn't it great to see the triangle numbering? It really is. Yeah. Honestly, I am loving the story. What I complained about in the first one of I wanted to see Superman coming back and uh, the you know basically reactions to it and more of the the family reaction. I'm getting that in this story. I just didn't get it in that first issue. Mm-hmm. I love seeing uh, Lois reacting with these kids. Yeah, I don't know the characters. I know what I know where they came from and all, but I wasn't reading the book during those times. Uh, But with really my favorite parts, I love this Metallo story in the background. Mm -hmm. It is building up and it's I it's got me hooked on it. And any time Bibbo shows up, Right. right, I just I'm a sucker for Bibbo.
0: Yeah. I, You know, I think my favorite moment in this book happens early on between Lex Luthor and Metallo, and it's where Lex Luthor uh, pulls an Aaron. You know, he gets so frustrated, he flips the table. I love that. I, that, that is my move. <clears throat> I like to see Lex Luthor adopting it. <laughs> you know, he just ah! flips the table. I loved yeah, it. I,
2: and Metallo does my move of not reacting at all. <laughs>
0: Which I find infuriating. Way every time you do it, I find it infuriating. But I love that the new gods show up and you know they they tell you know Superman that you know you're done fucked up, Kal El. Uh, you know they're on your time on World World. Uh, we get to see you know Superman like uh, fighting the new gods. You know in their disagreement, it's queuing up some. Uh, some gnarly stuff to come, you know. Metallo's going to be a thing, but uh, before that, we're going to get some New Gods activity, and then the backup. You know, normally I don't care for the backups in these book in these books, but I really enjoyed the Supergirl story in the uh, the back of this book. That that you know, it's they're they're using the back matter to tell Superman family stories. So this one we're getting to see Supergirl uh, flying around with. Uh, I forget her name, but the girl from Warworld, uh, who was the initial uh, uh, immigrant from Warworld that started off that whole story. Um, we get to see her working with her, and we get some glimpses of where the other uh, members of the Superman family are. And the thing that I found interesting about that, you know, we get to see, you know, Connor Kent, we get to see Jonathan Kent, we get to see the Steels. What I was surprised by is that we have fully embraced uh, the Chinese Superman character, uh, yeah. and he is now a member of the Superman family. He was always sort of Superman family adjacent. He was somebody wandering around with a Superman name, but i have never seen any sort of connection between uh, Kal-El and him, and now he's a full-on member of the Superman family. So yeah, I, I, know, I, that's
2: cool. I, I like Kong. I Kong, know they brought him.
0: I know they brought him in during the
2: the time when Superman was away from planet, but I didn't read any of those. So,
0: yeah, well, and I did, and I didn't see anything in there with him, you know? So, I mean, either I missed it or, or it was, you know, very, uh, or it wasn't there. Um, but, you know, the, I had, there was a period there where I was like, is, are we just not going to act like that character exists anymore? You know? Cause he was, he was whole, all, all, of that new 52 thing. Yep. um, and it's like he he just went away, kind of like how a lot of the Superman stories just went away, like the uh, Superboy uh, during that period. Um, anyway, I, I'm just I'm really very much enjoying this take on Superman. Uh, Action Comics continues to be really good. I'm you know also enjoying what's going on in the other Superman title, uh, Son of Kalel. Um, it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. Yeah, it's a good time to be a Superman fan. It really is. It really is. Hey, Paul. Yes,
1: sir. <clears throat> what's coming out next week? Well, next week, the big new release next week is Batman and the Joker, the Deadly Duo, which is the long-awaited Mark Silvestri uh, Batman black, uh, black Black Label, label. book yep. uh, from DC Comics. And uh, speaking of Batman and the Joker, if that's not enough Batman and the Joker, you can also pick up the newest issues of the Joker, uh, Batman, <laughs> Dark <laughs> Knights of Steel, and Gotham City Year One. Uh, also, the latest issue of The New Champion of Shazam from Josie Campbell and Evan Doc Shaner. And for oh. Marvel Comics, we have new issues of Predator and Punisher.
0: Very exciting. I do you like that Mary Marvel book? I do, too. So um, I'm looking forward to that. And that Predator book, uh, boy, that's good so stuff. Good. Yeah, that is really good stuff. Well, Okay, well, hey, we want to know what you thought about this week's books. If you read them, you know, uh, <laughs> tell us Tell us what you read because we don't read anything. <laughs> Give us a call. 972-763-5903. That number once again, 972-763-5903 we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise.
1: You can also hit us up on social media,
0: IOMGeek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. What a deal. Well, we'll we will uh, see you next time right here on IOMGeek.com. Catch you then. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit MarkAndrewPope.com.